somebody that had Bell's palsy, she had already had that before. She came on Saturday night and she felt pain on her head as well as the back of her ear. And she came up quite nervous because she thought she was having a relapse because of that was what had happened before. And so she came up and as we prayed for her, she said the pain started to subside. Pain in the head finally completely left. But the one behind the ear was still lingering a little bit. Now this lady was already on the floor. She had fallen over under the power of the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, she said there was just a little bit of pain left behind her ear. So I started taking authority over generational curses. And right at that moment, her body from a laying down position like this, just jolted, right? It just, she just jolted right on the carpet. And I saw that demon leave and I looked at her and I said, what happened? She goes, all the pain just left. I said, because a demon just left you. A demon just left you and all the pain just left. Praise God. And so she was so grateful. She was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, she told us the story how she was concerned and about the other thing. I said, oh no. Oh no. That is not coming back on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone else, sweet little lady came, couldn't speak English, but she had a translator. And so she had her arm, remember this lady? With her arm. She couldn't, she, yeah, mama. We called her mama. I forgot her name right now. But we, mama something. And she was just the sweetest thing. So her daughter was translating for us. And um, anyway, this sweet little, very fragile lady, she falls over and, and we ask her, how's her pain in her arm? And her daughter tells us, no pain left. All of her pain is gone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then this, and then the last one was, was, um, oh yes this man came in he had excruciating pain due to a fractured spine excruciating pain a lot of us were part of this we all were praying and he said it was like a lot of pain so the most right 10 and by the time we were all done he said it was barely anything like barely even a one and we also sat him down and his leg grew out it was just a tad bit off but his leg grew out now this man you know, under the anointing, he knew that something changed, right? But now here is my challenge to all of you. You need to make sure that if God can do it in an atmosphere like this, and you feel the healing, you feel the deliverance, you feel the, the, the infilling, you feel God's glory, you feel all this stuff because God is tangibly moving, then it's up to us to not allow the enemy to rob it. Don't allow the enemy to steal it. See, it makes no sense if it's like for one minute, one, you're in, your, in an atmosphere where it's charged with God's glory that you get healed and your pain leaves, but you leave and you go home and, and that pain returns. Obviously, it tells us there's demonic activity going on. But if you were healed here, you should be able to keep your healing. You may need to come back and get some more prayer for deliverance, but you that should be a sign unto you that if you were healed here, you should stay healed out there. And if something is limiting that from becoming a reality, then you don't just say, oh, well, I guess it didn't work. You just allowed the enemy to rob you. No, you press in and you let us pray. Come tell us something else must be going on. Well, we know exactly what that something else might be, right? Amen. We know in this church, but I'll tell you right now, the healings that God is doing. And even just today, even just today, I mean, you can't be, guys, it was dripping. It was dripping with the honey of the Lord. His, the dew of God. You guys know that these, this is, this is language that the Bible talks about. The honey of the Lord, the dew of God. And this is exactly what happens in an atmosphere like this. We become open, vulnerable to his presence. And he, 
He says, well, they're vulnerable, they're open. I will step in and do exactly what their heart's cry is, which is to heal, which is to restore, which is to make new. Amen? I titled it Counter Culture, Going Against the Grain. What do you think? Think that might be us? I don't know. What do you think? I think it's totally us. But you know what? It should be every Christian. It should be every Christian. Totally, yeah, going against the grain. Counterculture. Hey, Lord, if that's, what's, if that's what's necessary, then that's what we will do. In Jesus' name, absolutely. Turn your Bibles to, X, uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Because Paul said he was a prisoner of the Lord. And I want to read to you here in, in chapter 4, verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Let's stop right there. I therefore, Paul is speaking and he's saying, I am a prisoner of the Lord. I'm a prisoner of the Lord and I'm beseeching you to walk worthy of the calling. Paul was in prison. Like a phys he was physically, he was in prison. Yet he knew, and I want you to hear this, because he knew earthly chains have no bearing on his heart for he is a prisoner of the Lord. We get to be prisoners of the Lord and so earthly chains have no hold on us. In reality, nothing has a hold on you other than what you allow it to. See, no matter what, even disappointments in prayer, praying for our loved ones, praying for children, sicknesses, you know, even these things, no bearing unless you give it, unless you allow it, unless you allow it to take root because we as prisoners of the Lord, we are going to shine bright for Jesus. We actually place ourselves as bondservants of the Lord right amen so a prisoner is one that is bound a captive and he may have you know we some may have been physically bound but we can be physically and spiritually free Paul was saying he was physically bound but he was spiritually free amen, amen. and so a bond servant a bond servant a slave that served his time, but then willingly, after the period of time, put themselves under a servanthood. Put themselves willingly under a servanthood to serve their master of free will, free choice, and for the rest of their lives. Free will, free choice, for the rest of their lives. A bondservant. Do you know that Jesus, Jesus bought us out of slavery? Right? He bought us out of slavery. We were once slaves unto sin. And the enemy was our father. But Jesus bought us out of slavery. And he paid our debt. Somebody tell me. Somebody get the yes. Somebody get the shout. Somebody get the revelation. That there was a time that I was dead. But I became alive with Christ. He paid my price. He paid your price. We are to be bondservants now of the Lord. For what he has done for us it's incredible now let's um let's let's turn i'm going to have you turn your bibles to romans romans chapter one and it's one one this is another place where you know paul throughout the new testament continued to say that he was a bond servant of the lord and so romans 1 1 paul said paul a bond servant of jesus christ called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of Christ. 
He knew that he was separated. In other words, consecrated. In other words, his life was set apart. Our lives are set apart. Unto Jesus, right? We get to live our lives with an understanding that we... We are bond servants of Jesus because of the price Jesus paid for us. And, and this, this life is now a life that we get to live separated from the world, but united in Christ. Amen? So powerful. Separated from the world, but united in Christ. Now, I want you to turn to Philippians. Just go back to Ephesians and go one book over to, to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. Because not only was Paul a bondservant, and not only should we be bondservants, but I want to show you something here in the Word, maybe unless you've never seen this before, but Jesus took the form of a bondservant as well. And it says so right in the Word. And so we're going to start though in verse chapter 2, verse 3. It says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. How many of you know that in the, in the gospel that is preached so much of the time uh, nowadays, uh, sometimes it looks so different from the gospel of the Word of God. Sometimes it's so much about advancing and and mastering this and and killing it here and this and that over here that sometimes it can actually become a form of a strange gospel not even the true gospel amen now you guys that know me know we're all about God he's the healer he wants to prosper us. He wants to, of course, he wants to prosper us. The word is very clear about the prosperity of the Lord, about the healing of the Lord. I mean, look at the way that the spirit of the living God moves in and through this place. If there was no belief for that, then that wouldn't be happening. It happens because we believe in the fullness of God's moving, his spirit moving freely, right? He's freely given this to us, right? We get to freely receive this. But, but I want to make sure that we're also being raised up in a balanced church that doesn't forget the, the basic of our of our Christianity about not doing anything from a selfish ambition you know here it says let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit Amen. proud being prideful right puffed up but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself better than himself let each of you look not only for your own interest but also for the interest of others let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus verse 6 who being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. We're going to pause right there again. He made himself of no reputation. Stop worrying about what people think about you. Stop worrying about what people are saying about you. Stop trying to protect your reputation. Jesus didn't, he didn't protect his reputation. He said, he said here, what did he say? He said, I, he says, I, I have no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. In other words, he didn't concern himself with what man said about him because he knew what God already did. And if we would just know what God already said about us, we wouldn't be concerned with what man says about us. You know what? We got to realize something. The day and the hour we live in, right? We live in some pretty, pretty crazy times. We live in some pretty crazy times, 
um, we're not afraid because we know there's nothing impossible for the Lord. We know we are the church, the established, the ecclesia of God. And he's already building his church here on the rock. Nothing is going to, gates of hell cannot come against us. Doesn't mean we won't come through persecution. We know that that's obviously what Jesus, they did. You know, the, the first century Christians, they all did. And so we're not saying that won't happen. But we're saying that we will stand for Christ no matter what. What we're saying is, is that we are bond servants of the Lord. We truly are set apart. We're not worried about our reputation because God's taking care of our reputation. As long as we're right in his eyes, then we can say, praise God, glory, hallelujah. I know that he's pleased with me. And that's all I care about. And that's all I believe that you care about is that we please our father. Right? Okay, now let's, let's do the rest of verse 7 here. So he made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant. Who are we talking about right now? We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. He took the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. If Jesus took the form of a bondservant, if he said, I lay my life down for you, I lay my life down for each and every one of you so that you could go free. Shouldn't we have the same love for him? Laying our love, our life down for him so that our love could flow through us, not just to Jesus, but to everyone that he brings into our life, into our path, that we could walk as bondservants of the Lord. And this is what is available. This is what is required. And, in, and I was saying about the day, the time that we live in, the true power is going to come forth from an individual that really knows that they're a bondservant of the Lord and not someone that just wants to walk in signs and wonders. Okay, because we walk in signs and wonders, right? Absolutely. But we know we're bondservants of the Lord. We know that the holiness that God has put within us and the power that God has put within us is because he can entrust us this is who we need to be people that remember hey it's not about us we are not concerned about our reputation as long as they see Jesus in us then praise God we're doing the right thing right yeah. amen and so this is for each and every one of you you know the world needs to see true Christianity in operation true Christianity it's not high and puffed up Jesus was low, he, right? He was, he was humble in heart, but he walked in power, but he was humble in heart, right? But he, was, but he walked lowly, and people can tell, they can see. And they're looking for authentic Christianity. In this hour, they're looking for true Christianity. Don't give me this lip service if you're not going to walk it. Pretty much that's what the world would say, right? Pretty much. And so, so in where we live and, you know, with things, laws being passed and bills being passed and all this confusion, there's no confusion. Hey, you guys, there should be no confusion in who we are in Christ. Absolutely no confusion. That's the, that's the devil. That's the demons. That's, the, that's Satan and his cohorts. The devil, the devil has no hold on you though. And you've got to make sure that your voice continues to be heard. You got to make sure that wherever you go, there's clarity of mind. Because you know, you make yourself of no reputation. You just want God to shine through you. You just want Jesus to shine through you. And I think that that's really, really important. Because if we're going to walk as a bondservant of the Lord, someone that's laid their life down and say, Lord, you know what? You already paid that price. See, I didn't even have to pay. They, slaves, had to pay that price. We didn't even have to do that. We didn't even have to do that. We just received it. It was paid for us. It was paid for us on the cross. 
And he's just saying, would you fully receive what was paid for at the cross and actually walk in the fullness of it? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. We can't add to our salvation, right? I hope you're getting what I'm saying here today. Hope you're really getting it because this is so powerful. And so let's get, we're going to keep reading till 11, verse 11. Verse 8, though, we're at verse 8. And Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient. He became obedient to the point of death. It was costly, but he, came, he became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. God gives grace to the humble. Church of God, he gives grace to the humble. You can do what he's called you to do. Whatever road he, you have before you, you can do so in the power of God. As you say, Lord God, you've given me the grace to walk humbly before you, and I will do the very thing you've called me to do and give you glory and honor. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Every tongue. And so we confess it here. We decree it now. We know that. Every tongue is going to confess. Every knee is going to bow. And we do so now. We do so now. Thank you, Father. But so Jesus made himself... He took the form of a bondservant. How many in this room would say, I am a bondservant of the Lord? I, I want to see hands. Understanding that, Lord, here is my life. Yeah, all of your, just about all of your hands. Bondservants of the Lord. Lord, teach me how to walk as one that truly knows my life is laid down for you. We sing it. We sing it, you know, my, I lay my life down. We sing it, I give you all of me. We sing it, radical for you, Jesus. We sing it all the time. But now let the, let the song, it's in there, but let that song rise up and rise out of you and let's walk it. Let's walk as these, that means mentally we know I'm a bondservant of the Lord. Therefore, the power and the presence of God is going to move through me because I know it's not about me, it's all about him through me. And so therefore, the greater things you're going to see, the Bible says greater things things you're going to do right even greater so it, but it, it comes from this place here from this place so let's go back just go back uh, to Ephesians now hallelujah uh, Ephesians chapter 4 starting back in verse 1 I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you Paul is admonishing this church here to walk worthy of the calling why why is he admonishing this church to walk worthy of the calling? And he himself has said, I am a prisoner, but I want you to walk worthy. I want you to walk worthy of the calling. Because what God has done for us is worthy of our praise. What he has done for us is worthy of us laying it all down and saying, Father God, I trust you no matter what. Doesn't Romans 8.28 say that? Doesn't it say that all things are going to work together for good for those who are, love God and are called according to his purposes? So can you live a life that says, Lord, I want to walk worthy of the calling. I just want to walk worthy. And let this be my prayer, that I walk in accordance with your love, with your heart, with your truth. And so this is a challenge for us to rise up and to step up and to go deeper in the heart of God. There is no loss in this in, in when you pray like this and when you live like this, there's absolutely no losses, only gains. Because what's important to you is what's important to God. Because if there's a shift that has to happen internally, God will do this shift as he sees sold out ones, as he sees committed ones. 
Amen. Amen. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Father. So, Romans 8.28, we, we talked about that. Thank you, Father. Walking worthy of the calling which, which you were called. We were called to walk worthy of this calling. Verse 2 says, with all lowliness and gentleness. With all lowliness and gentleness and with long suffering. Bearing with one another in love. And it says endeavoring to keep the, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to keep that unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So there are some things that God is saying. You know for you to, to walk in this way. I'm going to have you turn to Mark 9. Mark 9.35. If we're going to walk in this way. Then we, we need to make sure we really walk as Jesus walked. And if we're going to walk as Jesus walked, then if we desire to be first, we have to realize we need to be last. We get to be last. Somebody understand that we get to be last, not a have to be last. Lord God, I want to lay it all down for you. Oh, your life, may your life be just come forth out of me. So in Mark chapter 9, 35. And he sat down and he called the twelve and he said, If anyone desires to be first, he should be last of all and servant of all. He should be last of all and servant of all. So we get to serve one another. What am I doing right now? I'm serving. I'm serving you. Amen. Yeah. Serving you the word. Serving in the spirit, moving in, in God's power. What are you doing right now? You're serving one another. How? You're honoring one another. You're listening to the spirit of the living God for yourself. Some of you are listening and, and you're hearing things for even other people. God has given you the word of wisdom. How are you serving one another? When you get up and you go out and you're, and you're loving even the hard to love. See, it's easy to serve those that are easy, but, it's, but we're called to love those that are harder to love, right? And so, but this is, we do this through Christ because a bondservant is going to know how to extend the love of God no matter what situation they're in. And so, so if, you, if you want to walk in a greater anointing, I believe everybody here wants that, but if you want to walk in a greater level of anointing where you're seeing more healing signs and wonders, this kind of thing, let me tell you, the way up is down. The way up is down. The way up is to be more humble. Not trying to be more humble, but recognizing that it's God in you. No concern with your reputation. No concern with what it looks like. You can't be concerned with what you look like because then the focus is on you. Right? But when, when your heart aches for someone else, when your heart aches for the broken, when your heart aches for the lonely, when your heart aches for those that, that you know, they're in a difficult situation, your heart aches for the rebellious one. When your heart, when you can see through the sin and look right to the pain, when your heart aches for that individual, what's happening is God is transforming you. You're becoming a true bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we're going to be bond servants and we're going to have to have the heart of God and Jesus said I make myself of no reputation he said he, he laid it all down and, and, and what did he say he said he became lowly right he, he didn't consider it robbery you know to be equal with God he recognized he's like listen I have come for you to be an example to show you that a life lived with Christ is possible 
A life lived with Christ on fire is possible. On fire. That fire, I believe we live on fire. In Christ. But the secret, one of the secrets, I think there's a few, but one of the secrets is honestly making sure that you walk with such a humility of heart. When you walk with such a humility of heart that you know, God, you're my breath. You're everything within me. Lord, you are the air in my lungs. I can do nothing apart from you, God. And in this desperate place, I want to stay and I want to move. I, I want to move in and through in this desperate place. Desperation for the Lord is good. Somebody say that over yourselves. Desperation for the Lord is good. Let us never be satisfied with, with the level that we're at. Let us always want and desire more. Desperation for the Lord is a good thing. Amen. And I believe this is what Paul was trying to get across to the church. He was telling them to be bondservants of the Lord. I, he says, I am a prisoner of the Lord. You may see chains, but don't mind those chains because those chains have no hold on my heart. Jesus has my heart. So some of you may be thinking about some of your personal situations and you may be saying, wow, you know what? There is a mess at home. See, I'm good when I come to church, but there's a mess at home. My children are doing this. You know, my family, um, you know, there's sickness, disease, there's rebellion, there's drugs, there's all kinds of things. Uh, there's a mess at home. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, when you desire the godly presence of him so much more than even seeing an immediate outcome of your prayer then you're starting to move into a place where his heart has been captured by your heart your heart has been captured by his and now your prayers are going straight up to heaven now it's like no matter what you see there's fire coming out of you there's an anointing that's coming out of you there's a holiness that's coming out of you yes you better believe change is coming but it starts first with us change starts first with us but once God gets a hold of our hearts and we become so radical for him like we prayed like we sang the radical love of God like we sang that today that radical love of God oh everything else is a byproduct of who you are in him we're not trying to move in the gifts we're not trying to have this or this happen we are it's just a byproduct of the power of God and the love of God within us and I pray that over you as well it's just a natural byproduct your ability to walk as a bondservant of the Lord is actually what initiates God's holy power over you so that when you leave you're like, oh, I can feel the anointing, but it's because of who I am in Christ. Because even when I can't feel the anointing, that doesn't change who I am in Christ. You will hear God's voice. You will start to dream those dreams. You are going to start walking in a greater level of anointing. God is stirring up hunger. There, Don, receive it. Yeah, just receive it all, Don. Just receive it all, Don. Receive it all in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to pray for your daughter in a moment. I will pray for her, but I'm going to wait. There's something called divine order. And there's also, we don't violate what God's not doing, but what we want so badly. We all want many things so badly. They're good things, but we have to be in sync with the spirit of the living God. In sync with the spirit of the living God. We're in the presence of the Holy One. We've always been in the presence of the Holy One. You know what though? 
sometimes when Jesus, when his presence walks into the room, because he's with us at all, way, all times, but when he walks into the room, in other words, when his manifested presence is so tangible, that's not like that everywhere you go. He comes when he's invited. He comes when he is welcomed. Well, he's welcomed here. And so what you're experiencing right now is the, is the manifest presence of the Lord. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our websites at Kathy Coppola Ministries at www.kathycoppola.org. You can also visit us at Mighty Wind Broadcasting Network TV at www.mwbn.tv. God bless.